and praise. He's ruling and reigning right now. Lord, we thank you that you rule and reign right now in this place. That you're seated at the right hand of God, Jesus, and you said that you rule and reign there. But not only that, Lord Jesus, you said that we're seated in you. That we're seated in you right now, Lord, ruling and reigning with Christ in heavenly places. God, shift our perspective today. Shift our view today. Change our vision today. Let us know our position that's seated in you today, God. Lord, we can't control our circumstances. We can't control what we're facing, but we know you reign. We know that this earth is yours and that you love us all and that this is your earth and all of its fullness, everything in it's yours. We can't control our circumstance, Father, but we can control our surrender. So we just say as a a family, as a church, God, that we surrender right now. Lord, we open our heart up to the Holy Spirit. We surrender that you are reigning, that you're increasing our faith, that you're removing our fear, that we tell ourselves that we are persuaded, God, that you've persuaded us. We're not convincing ourselves to believe. You've persuaded us. You've given us faith in that persuasion. And we're persuaded right now that you can handle what we're facing. We give you glory and honor and praise, and we believe that you are God and there is no other in Jesus' name. Come on, give it up for God if you believe that he is reigning in your circumstance. It is good to be here today. Come on, Transformation Church. One more shout for Jesus at 12 o'clock. It is awesome to be back in the house of God with you. Look at somebody and say, it is good to be seen. Look at the person you ignored and say, I'm glad you're here too. And grab your seat. We are in for a surprise today. It's going to be a great day. It already has been an amazing day. I hope y'all are awake and alive and uh, ready for God's word today. God is speaking in here. We've seen people healed and set free and saved. We had guests sign up in our guest tent today to be a part. I mean, just God's doing so many things. Last week, we had a huge serve day in the community. We had 125 people out serving about nine or 10 different projects, I think, around the community. So thank you so much. Come on, give yourself a hand for just jumping in and serving in the community like that. I want to, I want to say this. Um, the, the church is not built on, and our church is not built on the gifts of a few people. I know sometimes it's easy to see the people on the platform, but it's not built on the gifts of a few people. It's built on the sacrifices and the gifts of all of us. It's built on the sacrifice of many people. And so uh, that's what you carry. That's what's in your heart. It's not just about a few people you see on the platform. So today we're, we're, we have a special Sunday called Five on Five Sunday. And uh, we got a group of communicators. You guys come on out. They're going to come out. These are our next level communicators. And they're going to bring the word of God. They've been bringing the word of God all day. Come on, give it up for these guys that have been preparing, listening to God. Believing God for our church and for you. And I just want to say they, they, they have a word from God for us and for our house. And um, it works together. This whole panel, they're going to share. They're going to have five minutes each to preach the word of God to you. And so I want every time they preach to you guys to get crazy. Give them a good Transformation Church rowdy, loud, uh, you know, praise as they're preaching. Don't leave them up here isolated on their lo- alone, standing by themselves preaching. Uh, you know, we're a rowdy church, and so um, they're going to bring the Word of God to you. But I, w- I want to say this. Many of you, um, the things that you do and, and, and all that you do, just because maybe you're not as visible doesn't mean you're not as vital. Okay? But your body has a skeletal system, and it's not visible, but it's very vital. And anytime you see the skeletal system, there's an emergency. <laughs> right? 
you're dead or there's an emergency. And so, so a lot of times if everybody in the church wants to be seen and the skeletal system needs to be seen, it's usually an emergency in those type of churches. But we have a lot of people in our church. And just because these guys are up here on the platform today, it doesn't mean that they're always up here. They're behind the scenes. They're doing things in every area, as many of you are. And so just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not vital. I want you to know that. And so open up your heart. Come on, give them a good Transformation Church welcome. As we have five on five, let's go. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Good morning, y'all. Let's dive into the word. Luke 17, 11 through 14 says, On the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went... They were cleansed. You ever have a friend suggest a show to you and they go on and on about how amazing it is and you're like, oh yeah, I've seen that in my Netflix recommended for you list and I've been seeing it pop up on social media and memes and stuff. So you watch an episode and then you wake up to your screen asking, are you still watching? (laughs) And you quickly realize that was a negative five on the keep my attention scale. And so your friend's like, so what did you think? And you're like, nah, it wasn't my thing. Like it wasn't anything what I was expecting. So I didn't, I didn't watch anymore. I didn't keep going. And they're genuinely surprised. And they're like, no, but you have to give it another chance, another chance. You have to just wait. It gets better. And the issue is you expected way more action from the beginning of the show. And what you got was just slow. And how often is that the case in real life? I know it's been the case in mine. In 2013, God tells me, hey, move to Knoxville. You're going to be a part of building a new prof- a nonprofit. And I expected that to take one to two years. And what I got took four and a half. Or God says, your husband is on the way. I expected that to happen in my 20s. That's a whole decade, y'all. <laughs> Ten whole years. And what I got was 31 going on 32. And I'm out here like... Where he at though? (laughs) Or maybe you expected to get that really great job right out of school. Or you expected to own your own business by now. Or to be out of debt by now. Or to own your own home by now. Or to have kids by now. And the reality is, is what you've actually gotten is a whole lot less than what you were expecting. And well, it's just slow. Those 10 lepers, their expectation was that Jesus would heal them. I mean, after all, that's all the hype that was going around, the stories of people coming in and out of the villages, was that this is what Jesus does. When he meets you, power is released, and you're healed. Dead people are raised, the blind can see. And so this was the lepers' expectation. And yet, when they meet Jesus, the Jesus, face-to-face, this is their moment, this is their opportunity, he doesn't heal them. Instead, he gives them a task. Go, show yourselves to the priests. And these 10 lepers, they didn't complain. They didn't turn around to Jesus and be like, well, you know, that's not really what we were expecting. So we're going to peace out of here. We're just going to... No, they knew his word and the task was still good. They understood that you only go show yourselves to the priests after you've done what you were supposed to do and believed you were clean. Psalms 27, 13 through 14 says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So you may be thinking, I don't see any good. This season has been anything but good, and waiting is 
all I feel like I've been doing. And that show I was telling you about in the beginning, when you, the one you fell asleep on, it's because the writers understood they needed to keep things slow in the beginning in order to set the groundwork for the bigger plots and to build the characters. And this is exactly what the Lord is doing in the gaps between our expectation of timing and his actual perfect timing. He's building your character on the way. He's giving you a task. He's calling you to wait on him. But he doesn't mean just wait around on him. He's calling you to wait on him, to serve him, to serve the people around you, to step out of your comfort zone, to show up, to let him come in and heal your heart, restore your relationships. He's calling you to serve him, to wait on him. So this morning, if you're struggling with a gap in your expectation of timing, let me hopefully encourage you. Stay awake. Don't get sleepy on his plan. He is building your character and his plot. Wait on him. Serve the people around you. Continue to show up. Spend time in his presence and in his word. Get up and go. Whatever it is he's given you to do, go do it. He can't meet you on the way if you haven't left yet. Good morning, Transformation. This morning, I want to talk to y'all about breakthrough. When I was praying about what God would lay on my heart to speak to you about, I just kept hearing that word over and over again, repeated in my mind, breakthrough, breakthrough. But that didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand why God, that specific word, breakthrough. It didn't make sense, and I'll tell you why. It's because, I'll give a little background on myself. Before we moved up here, I was a student pastor in South Carolina. And long story short, I was wounded when we left. And so since then, I've felt like I've been kind of in a valley, feeling a little less than victorious in my life. I'm sure some of you can relate. And so I was asking God, why would you have somebody speak about breakthrough when their life looks like it's on the opposite side of the spectrum? Why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. And as I prayed about it, it hit me. God wanted me to speak about breakthrough because I had a complete misunderstanding of what breakthrough actually is. See, I had this vision in my mind of catching the game-winning football to win the football game and being carried off the field by the teammates. That victorious breakthrough moment, that I have arrived moment. That's what I thought breakthrough was, but God was telling me that's not what it is. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested... Your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I know I'm not the only one in the room who feels like they're in some sort of a valley right now. But, but the very definition of breakthrough means you have to actually break through something. So there's a sense of tension, a sense of struggle, friction, maybe even sometimes pain. This might be a little cliche to some of you. It is for me because I've heard it so many times, but it's still true. A baby bird, when it's hatching out of its egg, it has to do it alone. Its mother could be standing there by its side, probably even wanting to help, but she knows that if she helps the baby bird get out of that egg, it won't be able to build the strength and the muscles and the endurance it takes to live a healthy life on the other side. So it's those shell moments. It's those struggle moments, those moments of pain. That's the breakthrough. Our moments in life when we feel 
that we're just face down in the mud. And everybody around us is just kicking dirt on us and pushing us down further. Maybe for you, it looks like a marriage that you're struggling with. You want it to be fixed, but you just don't know how. Maybe you're, you're, you've lost your job and you're struggling to support your family and you just don't know when this, the paycheck's going to come in. Or maybe you just need a win. Maybe you've just been experiencing defeat after defeat after defeat and you just want to win and it's in these moments that we want to shout to God and say, why God? Why? Where are you? I know you have the power. I know that you can save me from this. Where are you? Why have you abandoned me? And God's standing there right by our side saying, I never left you. I never will. It's in these moments that he's giving us an opportunity to grow. He's building us up. His living word is saying here that our endurance has the chance to grow when our faith is tested. He's giving us an opportunity. See, it's, it's, it's the victory is the product of the struggle. The pain is necessary for the joy. Everyone in this room has been in a valley, and it won't be the last one. Until we see our Father face to face, it will not be the last one. And in those moments, we have a tendency to feel ashamed. We have a tendency to feel like we failed somehow. But the truth is, when we're following the will of God, you cannot fail. It's impossible. You cannot fail. So we are right where we need to be at that moment. And in that place, in those valleys, we need to understand that they need to happen. And we're not alone in them. Jesus himself expressed the same question that we asked. My God, why have you forsaken me? But look what happened on the third day. He broke through. He defeated the death that once gripped us and rose victorious once and for all time. Not just for the perfect, not just for the rich, not just for the healthy, but for the broken down, for the weak, the downtrodden, for you and for me. See, the breakthrough in the story of the prodigal son wasn't on the banquet table when he got home. It wasn't when his father rushed out to embrace him as a son while his head was hanging in shame. It happened when he found himself eating out of a pig trough. When he found out that I need to just reach the end of myself and just fall back into the loving arms of my father who already sacrificed it all, already won the game and has more power than I could ever wish for. That's when breakthrough happens. Good morning, Transformation Church. It is my honor to get to share with you today. I'm going to jump right into Acts chapter 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began walking, jumping, and praising God. Now when all the people saw him walking, jumping, and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Some time ago, I was in Paris visiting the Notre Dame Cathedral, and as I walked around the grounds, I noticed this incredibly lifelike silver statue of a street sweeper. 
I mean, the, the detail was incredible. The lines of his face, the cut of his clothes, you could tell that this was the work of a passionate creator. But strangely enough, it was positioned right in the center of the sidewalk, and I watched as countless people just kind of meandered right past it, but I couldn't take my eyes off of it. You know, something about it spoke to me. Something was different, and I wasn't alone. As I drew closer, there was a small group that had begun to gather around and stare in fascination, transfixed but uncomfortable. I wondered, could there be something more behind this stony exterior? And about that time, a man amongst their number pulled from his pocket a coin and dropped it at the street sweeper's feet. And immediately, life burst forth from the statue as it reached out with a broom and swept that coin into its bin. Everybody jumped back in amazement. Women screamed. Men are gawking at, as we watched what was once cold, dead stone come to life and accomplish its purpose. What merely minutes ago was just an old tarnished piece of pewter, just something to walk around and ignore, lifeless, now stood before us a living and breathing and amazing and wonderful work wrought by a passionate creator. Verse 9 says that when the people saw him walking and jumping and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the gate, and they were filled with wonder and amazement. They were blown away because they saw something dead come to life. God wants you to know that your story that he's written inside of your heart has every bit of that power to amaze people today. He wants you to know that he can use you no matter where you are in life. This beggar, all he did was get healed, praise God, and people saw the work of God in him and were so amazed by it that they came to know Jesus. So what is it in your life today that's gotten cold, stony, and dead? What is it in your life that that you think has no life in it that if God just breathed on it could actually surprise humanity and blow them away? I believe that God wants to reveal to you the areas of your life that have turned to stone, areas that are harnessing such amazing life and potential. He wants to draw those to the surface, call them forth, and crack the stone off of them that have been holding them back. A stone that Jesus rolled away long ago. See, church, on the morning that I was asked to share this message with you, I'd been reading these verses, and I thought that I was supposed to share on the power of my testimony, but God had other plans. He said, no, Trey, I want you to share on the testimony of my power. And in so doing, you will reveal and testify to your power. See, Romans 8.11 says that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. So that dream you thought was dead, Jesus is in you. Bring it back to life. That marriage that's struggling, guess what? Jesus is in you. Bring it back to life. That friend or loved one that's wandered off, Jesus is in you. Bring them back to life. The beggar in the corner on Market Square that everyone else is walking around, Jesus is in you. Bring them back to life. As Peter passed by the beggar on the street, he looked at him and he said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Church, silver or gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, may death come to life, may old be made new, and may the Holy Spirit fill you and dwell in you and lead you toward his purposes for your life today. Good morning, Transformation. 
I will be speaking on purpose, and I will be reading from Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 12, and it reads as such. Moses raised another objection to God. Master, please, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words, neither before nor after you spoke to me. I stutter and stammer. God said, and who do you think made the human mouth? And who makes some mute, some deaf, some sighted, some blind? Isn't it I, God? So get going. I'll be there with you, with your mouth. I'll be there to teach you what to say. Now see, in these scriptures, we see that God used Moses for a specific purpose in order to free the children of Israel from the hands of Pharaoh. Now when God picked Moses, he didn't make a mistake. No one came to God and said, hey God, God, you might want to pick somebody else. You know Moses stutters, right? See, I can identify with Moses because I myself used to be a severe stutterer. I used to go to my friends and they would laugh at me. I would try to go to some of my family members and they would laugh at me. Whenever I would meet new people, I would say absolutely nothing. And then they would say, oh, he's just shy. And on the inside, I'm screaming, no, I'm not. I just don't want you to realize that I stutter. So finally, one day I had enough and I asked God, why is it so hard for me to speak when it's so easy for everybody else? I looked at myself in the mirror and God began to speak to me. He began to give me therapy techniques and strategies and I would use them on myself. My stuttering began to decrease significantly. I never received any speech therapy. I didn't even know what a speech therapist was. But today, I am a speech and language pathologist, and I'm helping kids who stutter speak more fluently. See, this is the Shari Baker that you've probably never met. This is what my voice used to sound like. So what I was trying to say is, before I was just using my words to speak. But one day, I had an encounter with God, and he imparted his word in me. And I began to speak his words out of my mouth. And the words began to come out fluently. What I'm trying to say is, when you speak God's word from your mouth, there's power. The Bible says that power of life and death lies in your tongue. What are you saying? What are you speaking? God's word outweighs our weakness when we speak it from our mouth. Just as God spoke to Moses at the burning bush and called him for a specific purpose in his area of weakness, God would later reveal his strength through Moses. Now, someone in here may be having a burning bush moment where God is speaking to an area that you consider a weakness or a failure. But God sees potential in you. He sees what could be possible only through his power. See, it's one thing to know who you are, but it's another thing to know who you are in God. See, I never would have imagined that God's purpose for my life would involve me using my words to speak in front of people. God called me to do something today that in the past would have totally been out of my comfort zone. 
So what am I trying to say? When God handpicks and selects you for a specific purpose, it doesn't matter what your weaknesses or your failures are. And it surely doesn't matter what excuse you make as a result of your failures as to why you can't carry out his purpose for your life. Moses came up with four excuses and then God got angry. See, when you make excuses, God is saying, you say that I'm your God. You say that you believe in me, but you don't even trust in my power. See, just as God asked Moses, who made you? Who made your mouth? It was me. God is asking each of us, who made you? Who made you just the way you are? It was me. What weaknesses or failures are you facing today that will hinder you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life? Just remember, God knows you. And he wants to use you for his purpose, just as you are. I am the proud single mother of an 11-month-old fur baby. He is my roommate. He's my little bud. He's my Mr. Sweetface. But most importantly, my dog Cooper is full puppy, all puppy. And the thing about puppies is they attach themselves to routines, whether they're good or bad routines. Take example, our morning routine. I'm not saying I'm proud of it, but our morning routine is my alarm clock goes off and within seconds, Cooper is over in his crate whining and begging and crying for me to let him out so he can get on with his day. He stays in one of these crates where you have to, you know, shut the door and then you have to latch it so that it stays shut. And so on this one particular morning, my alarm clock goes off and I sit for a second and pray that it's a different kind of day, but routine. And so he starts whining and begging and I go over to his crate and he's looking up at me with these big beating eyes being like, mom, please let me out. I don't know. Like, I really want to get out. And I'm like, as if I've never let you out before. Routine, dog. Come on. And so I look down at him and I get ready to open the gate and I realize that the night before I forgot to latch the crate shut. And so the door was shut, but it wasn't locked. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, dude, all you had to do was push the door open and you would be set free. I think sometimes we sit in our lives and we sit is asking God please let me out please let me move on from this situation and God's like the door is unlocked I've given you everything you need I've given you the keys to the kingdom you just gotta push the door open step out and break the cycle of routine Philippians 3.13 says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Today, I just want to take a second to remind you of the power of your past. One of my favorite quotes about the past is from the movie Lion King. I've seen the new version twice already. Don't at me. Also, don't come at me because of spoilers. You've had 25 years to watch this movie, okay? So, the quote is... The past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. See, here's the thing you have to know about young Simba. He had a purpose and a calling completely laid out for him. It was pretty clear, but then life happened and pain came and Simba allowed his enemy Scar to whisper lies that manipulated him into running away from his destiny. These lies were like, how could you bounce back from this? You won't be accepted or loved again. How could you ever be forgiven after this? Sound familiar to anybody else when we're down in a ditch? See, here's the thing. Simba's 
identity is thrown off by the pain of his past. And so he runs away to a jungle living a life opposite of what he was designed for. No responsibilities, no duties, nothing. Just a kuna matata. <laughs> Hear me when I say the enemy doesn't have to destroy you. He just has to neutralize you. And so Simba has this moment with his father where his father says, you have forgotten me. And he says, no, I haven't. He says, you've forgotten who you are and so have forgotten me. And so in order for Simba to realign to his purpose, he has to remember, I am Simba, son of Mufasa, king of Pride Rock. When the pain of our past gets to us, we have to realign to our focus. Remember, I am an overcomer. I can do all things. I am chosen. I am pressed but not crushed, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I am forgiven. I am loved. Remember who you are. And do not let your own scars distract and deter you from the destiny that God has for you. We all have scars. Here's the thing about scars. Scars are from an open wound, yet we treat them very differently than open wounds. With open wounds, you have to keep it clean. You have to protect it, put pressure on it, make sure that it heals all right. And once it heals, you might have a mark. You might never be the same again. But it would be really silly if we walked around life acting as if our scars, we were in the same pain level as we were when the wound initially happened. Yet I think we walk around with these emotional and relational scars acting like we're in the same level of pain as when they initially happened. And God's saying, I've given you this. I've given you freedom. We have gotten through this. You are healed. The fact that it's a scar is proof that you are healed. The fact that it's a scar is proof you've been to battle. It's proof that it didn't take you out yet. And therefore, it's proof that you you still have purpose. So here's my question. Are you going to cry and beg to move on from a season and stand in an unlocked cage? Or are you going to step out and let your past push you to your future, not keep you from getting there? Church, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or you can learn from it. Come on. Stand to your feet and let's give these guys a hand. Come on, stand up to your feet with me. Come on, I hope that you received something from Jesus today from one of those thoughts. Come on, all the way down through this panel, the timing of God and some of you are in a season and you're letting God build you and then the, the, the breakthrough of God and you're having to go through a fight and a struggle in the valley and then the power of God is showing up on your side and some of you discounted and demised your story and there's things right around your life and right around your house and right around your heart that, that God wants to bring to life and give a supernatural uh, astonishment to humanity and the purposes of God that can, that can outweigh anything that you've faced from your past and the things that maybe you thought were weakness says God wants to use his strengths to take you to purpose and then the pains that we've all been through and the scars that we all carry are healing proof of God's power and letting our past propel us into our future come on there's a there's a message in, in each one of these stories I have a few minutes left with you today and and I want to pray for you we've seen people get get free all day and I think that that God spoke to me yesterday last night as I was praying and he said I want you to open up the altar today we don't do this every week but he goes, I want you to pray for people and I want this team to pray for people. And we're going to go back into a worship song here in a moment. And many of you are facing certain things in here today and you can't control your circumstance, but you can control your surrender. So often we're unwilling to surrender. We're unwilling to take the step and God's speaking to us. And I want to just dedicate this next few minutes to a young boy named Joshua that I met yesterday. I'd met him before, but 
I went and visited him in the hospital yesterday with his family. His family's been coming to our church for about two, three months. And they said, we didn't know we were going to get plugged into the family this way, but I guess this is how it has to start. And they were in the hospital and our prayer team's been there to pray for Joshua. I went there yesterday and spent a couple hours with Joshua and the family. And uh, for about two months, they've been with us. And Joshua was having some pain in his side, lower right abdomen a few uh, days ago last week and had dinner and threw up after dinner. And his mom said, are you okay? He's not feeling good. And the next day, had some pain in his side. She began to look at symptoms and thought, yeah, this is appendicitis. And they went to the immediate care center and they said, yeah, it's appendicitis. And you need to maybe get him to the emergency room and, and get a CAT scan or a CT scan of his body. And so they went to the emergency room and family's in the room and they send him out to get the scan. scan and usually it's a 30 minute thing before the doctors come back and the doctors come back 10 minutes later the dad looks at the doctor and the dad thinks oh well they've told me it's ruptured they're back pretty early it's ruptured they got to do surgery and the doctor said you need to please sit down and the oncologist came to the room they said your son has tumors all through his body 16 years old it'll, it'll put into perspective the things we sing about and the family that we have around us and the need for surrender and the need for each other and the 16-year-old Joshua was sitting there in the bed next to me, and I'm talking to the mom and dad, and they said, yeah, his uh, tumor's wrapped around his aorta artery, and it's all through his stomach. It's metastasized into his lungs and in his liver. There are spots. We didn't think it was metastasized, but it has. We thought it was moderate, but it's not. Moderate numbers, 1 to 10,000. We were believing for that number, but the number came back 37,000. And his mom said, we're believing God, and and, and, and she said, I, I had to talk. I said, how's he doing? She said, I, I talked to him yesterday. And she said, I was asking him how he's doing and if he's scared. She said, Joshua, son, are you, are you scared? or Are you ready to die? What are you thinking? And his response to his mom was, why should I die? Why should I die, mom? She said, well, okay. And, and, and she said, well, we need to hear from God. And what is God saying to you? Ask God tonight what he's saying to you. And so the next morning she said, did God speak to you anything? And he said, yeah, the, the word that I'm standing on, God said, this is my life story. Not my death story. My life story. Why should I die? And, and today... This is what I want to pray for. Many of you are in a moment right now. I don't know what circumstance you're facing, but here's what I'm believing for you and for me. Why should I die? Why, devil, why should I die? Why should my marriage die? Why, why should my dream die? Why should my business die? Why should my education die? Why should our city die? Why should our school systems die? Why should a next generation die? Why should they die? We have a life story. Come on, the devil wants to bring disease and demise and destruction. He wants to bring pain and hurt, but we need to rise up sometimes and say, you know what, no, 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 no. Why should I die, devil? I've got the life of God in me. Holy Spirit life story. As we go back into worship right now, maybe this is a moment for some of you that you're facing such odds, or maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's you or a spouse or a child, but today's the day you declare, why should I die? Come forward right now. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to believe God as a family together. This altar's open. Come on, let's worship God. This is our life story. This is my life story. Come on, the life of the Holy Spirit's in this place. Addiction will not kill me. Depression will not kill me. Isolation will not kill me. Cancer will not kill me. Why should I die? 
Why should I die? Depression? Why should I die? Suicide? Why should I die? Come on. Why should I die? Jesus died to give me a life story. I've got a life story. My children have a life story. This is my life story. See, this is how I fight my battles. 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 Hey, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. sin and death that the law of life in Christ the law of life in Christ conquers sin and death that the law of life is the same and as strong as the law of gravity or the law of physics or the law of aerodynamics God created all those things and there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ that it's a it's a life story not a death story that Jesus took on a death story to give us a life story and that the life of God pulls us out of sin deception and destruction and demise and and the devil's tactics and pain and I just rebuke the spirit of suicide and murder uh, from our from the minds of a culture and from the minds of a generation and we declare our schools shall live and then why should I die 
Why should disease get me? Why should disease defeat me? Why should a diagnosis destroy me? Come on, why should my marriage die? Why should we die? Come on, Jesus. Come on, Holy Spirit, right now. I thank you, Lord. We're not here for tradition. We're here for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Holy Spirit, you're moving in this place. And we fight our battles with the Word of God. We thank you for today being a supernatural moment. Right now, some things that have declared destruction over us, we declare life. Why should we die? We thank you for a family. We thank you for Joshua and his family. We surround them with faith. Why should he die? Come on, he'll live and, and not die and declare the works of God. Why should we die? We'll live and not die and dec declare the works of God. I thank you, Lord, that we're in this together. No one's alone. That we can't face these things alone. And that we can't handle our circumstances, but we can handle our surrender. So we surrender to you, Jesus, today. I, be I believe for miracles today, God. Where death has been knocking at doors. <laughs> I thank you for a declaration of faith today like never before. Like never before, God. You won't, you won't have our families. Devil, you won't have our friends. You won't have our relationships. You won't have our future. You won't have our purpose. You won't have our, 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 our purpose and direction. You won't have our destiny or calling. Thank you, that Jesus, you've never lost one. <laughs> and you're not going to start now. Thank you for our children and our city and, Lord, this house. No one looking around for another second. I'm not going to embarrass you, but this is your life story. Maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered to Jesus. The reality is the only life story that's a real life story is Jesus' story. The, the only way to have a life story or a new life story is through Jesus Christ, the one and only that came as a human being and conquered sin and death and disease and, and destruction and took on the most horrific death story on a cross on a tree ripped to pieces shred in two as a death story to give us a life story maybe you're here today because someone invited you or maybe you've been coming but maybe you've known religion maybe your grandparents were christians or you went to the church your parents went to or someone drugged you here today and i grew up as a drug baby my mom drugged me to church but I didn't know Jesus. Somebody just got that. <laughs> Some of you maybe family or friends have drug you to church, but you don't, you've never surrendered. You're not in control of your, your circumstance. You, you've had all types of things try to rearrange your story and you, your story is spinning out of control. You're not in control of that. You're not in control of your sin. Come on, none of us are. We know the battles we face with sin. We can't control that. We're not in control of our diagnoses or the doctors or the, the things we face on this planet, but we are in control of our surrender. And I would ask you, the Bible says that faith is just being persuaded. And it's not you persuading yourself, it's God persuading you. And I beg you that if you aren't walking in the relationship with Jesus, that God would persuade you today that he can give you a new life story and a fresh start. I'm going to pray for you here in a second. I'm going to ask you on three to slip your hand up if you need a new life story. If you're ready for God to write your story, to remove shame and sin and guilt forever, because we can't control those things, but Jesus can and did. If you're ready for, to have a relationship and a fresh start with God, the Bible says it's not about religion, it's not about church, it's not about regulations or Ten Commandments or rules or those things. It's not the law, it's not a have to. It's that I can surrender to Jesus Christ who died to give me a new life story and a relationship with God in heaven. He'll remove sin and shame and guilt today. And begin to write a new story for you. On three, one, 
two, three. I'm ready for a new story. Come on, slip your hand up to me. Come on, all over this house. God bless you. Come on, God bless you. Hold it up high so I can pray for you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Father, I need a new life story. I need a surrender moment. I'm going to pray for you right now and just open up your heart to Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for taking on a death story on that cross. And then thank you for conquering death in that story through raising from the dead on that third day. Thank you, God, that as I surrender to you today, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior, to give me a new story, to write my story. Thank you for the life that comes from the Holy Spirit as I surrender today. I am persuaded that you are God, Jesus. I am persuaded that you came to life. I am persuaded that you can lead my life and write a new story for my life. And I surrender today, Jesus, to you. Remove this heart of stone and a heart that's been cold and a heart that's been in control and put in the heart of life and the heart of your spirit and the heart of a relationship with God today. And I thank you for forgetting that story because you are the author and the finisher of my faith and you're writing it from this day forward in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody, give God praise for a new life story for people all across this room.